Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. The only podcast that cares about Scottish Rugby. Now, I'm, I'm Matt, and I'm joined today by Alan. Yo! Unfortunately, David is not here today. Um, he, the pins have come out of his turkey neck, and he has had to go to Geneva for some specialist operations. Yeah, I don't always get the money for this. I think he might have taken quite a big loan to get it sorted, so... Yeah, gutted that he's... Uh, I know. I mean, to be fair, the pin came out, it did not look good. So look. if I was him, I'd be taking a flight straight to Geneva. <laughs> His net looked worse than it did originally. <laughs> I, I know, somehow, somehow. But we wish him well, um, and we'll be plodding on in his absence, just me and Alan. Um, guys, thanks so much again for listening, um, whether that's on the Apple podcast stores, you have to call it these days, or on iTunes, um, or on uh, ACAS, sorry. Um, if you get onto iTunes and leave us a review, it really, really helps us. Um, like our friend um, DM1971, who th- he's actually left his third review in a row. Um, he's, he's evolved. He's evolved like us. So his first review was sort of slagging us off, mainly for Alan being, you know, having a whiny um, nasal voice. But then updated <laughs> November 17, he says, like a cheese, improves with age, but hasn't got to the moldy stage yet. Yep, someone else mentioned Alan's difficulty with Leone Nakarawa pronunciation. Still can't work out whether he says Xander Fagerson or Ferguson, so it's a bit like an informative puzzle pod. Very unique. A wee bit lazy not to have one this week, though, boys. Has the new Edinburgh Robbie culture hit you and you faced a one-week ban for being naughty? Snorted out. Firstly, I've got sinus issues, all right? <laughs> We've gone over this before. And I'm pretty sure I say Fer- Fer- Ferguson. You just said, where are you getting the extra R from? I'm getting confused. Fagerson. Um, no snowing up here. This is a no, clean no. cut podcast. Exactly. Anyway, um, 
Also, guys, you can check us out on Twitter, uh, at ThistleRobbyPod. We've got a lot of conversations going on there, getting a lot of chat going. Um, and we have now got an Instagram account as well, which you can find us at Thistle underscore Rugby underscore pod. There's loads of good stuff on there, including some uh, videos, which I'm not sure we had the permission to show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, I feel like loads of good stuff is maybe a bit generous to our Instagram feed. I say it's like it's yeah. got some well, interesting stuff. As you said before, the sex bots seem to enjoy it. So. Yeah. And that's all that matters. There you go. Um, got an interesting episode for you guys this week. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about some news, some interesting signing news in particular on the way. Uh, then we're going to sort of look towards this weekend with Scotland playing Samoa in the first of their awesome internationals. Uh, and then we're going to look back at, I can't believe I'm saying this, four pro wins in two weekends. Boom. There you go. Um, so a lot, lot to talk through, but let's start on some news. Um some interesting signing news coming out this week in the past couple of weeks. Um, firstly, is that John Barkley may be signing for Edinburgh. What do that, you think about that, Alan? That's big. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think it probably, if that was to go through, it proves that John Hardy will definitely not be at Edinburgh at the end of this year. Yeah, I if, think so. <laughs> or you've got so many flankers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I think that probably is the, well, maybe not the final nail in the coffin, but... Um, and yeah, and then I think it'd be interesting because it feels like it's probably, again, one of the positions where Edinburgh don't need that kind of level of player. Yeah. You know, John Barkley isn't coming that cheap, mm. I would imagine. And I guess there's obviously the special circumstances seeing that he's sort of Scotland captaining and all. But you, whilst I think John Barkley is a really, really good player, you would think there is other areas of that Edinburgh team that could have done with that level of investment. Yeah, I, th- I think you are right. But then I think at the same time that Barkley will add loads off the pitch. I think there's clearly is like some sort of leadership, um, cultural issues, whatnot with, with the team. Um, and I think that, you know, he's sort of been Scotland captain for a while, captain at the Scarlets as well. Um, I think he'll bring a lot. And I think that actually he's been playing like the best rugby of his career. So sort of push the younger guys, bring them through and, you know, be a leader on the pitch as well. Do you think it's also just a way of managing Barkley over the next sort of two years on the way to sort of the World Cup? I know we sort of chatted a little bit about him moving off to France and getting that paycheck, but he's been pretty open about sort of concussion issues. And obviously Scotland increasingly look like he's going to be the man to take them through to 2019. So maybe they just want to make Mm. sure they can sort of manage him better than if he's running around and breathe kind of. Yeah, exactly getting destroyed <laughs> so. yeah i hadn't thought of that i think that's probably sensible as well yeah um sounds like it's sort of a personal move for him as well he wants to come back to to scotland so come back to the promised land exactly well it was um, a ouija it was a ouija yeah it's quite a big i mean it happened it's not like a proper rivalry isn't it they move, they move clubs all the time but, yeah um i i think it'd be a good signing and i think it's good to have him back in scotland so there you go there you um, go and the other big sort of rumor that seems to be sticking around is um, Johnny Gray signing for Bristol. Yeah, this sort of um, obviously was initially thrown up on a rival rugby podcast. Yeah, it's rubbish though. Don't it, worry about that one. And um, there's been a sort of bit of chat in in the media about it. And yeah, rumours of four four hundred k a year to run around in Bristol. It's not too shabby. And actually, I don't think it's like the worst thing for Glasgow either. Mm. 
I think and it's something we'll maybe look at in sort of a future podcast, but do you think that we can now classify Johnny Gray and Rich Gray as slight disappointments? I, th- I think that Richard Gray was like the great white hope for a while, and then he tailed off for a bit. But I actually think in like the last year or so, he's been really good. Yeah. And then Johnny Gray sort of come the other way, like has always been the up-and-coming star. And then just before the Lions tour, when there was chat that he was going to make it, his form kind of dipped. And I, I just don't... And he's had the injury, fair enough, but I don't think he's quite recovered that yet. Yeah. And you know what? I think that a move to somewhere like Bristol, where you're playing like week in, week out, physical rugby, um, you're not sort of having these kind of, no offence to like the Kings or someone, but kind of like more open, nowhere near like a test match level. Yeah. You're getting proper intensity every week. You're out of your comfort zone as well, which I think is quite a big thing. Um, and yeah, I think it actually could be quite a big move if it happens. I I think it could be the making of him. But also, I do also think that Richie Gray's tailing off happened probably when he went to sale. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, there's probably something about just being outside of the Scotland system, probably playing in a premiership team that is going to be in a relegation dogfight. I know Bristol are chucking around a lot of money. But at the end of the day... If they get promoted. If they get promoted. Like <laughs> they could... I mean, they, because there's no playoff, they almost should certainly get promoted. Yeah. But, um, you know, if being in a relegation dogfight, um, probably not having... I mean, I guess the the counter argument to the sort of having some of those easy games is it kind of gives you a bit more time to maybe sort of like rest players like Johnny Gray, um, which he probably is not going to get if Bristol are paying him four hundred grand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it'd be interesting to see see where that goes. It might just be an agent's kind of rumor that he's put out there I to mean, try and get Johnny Gray a new contract. I, I mean, think that's what it is. We're uh, we've we've taken the bait. Oh yeah, well, you know, click, clickbait <laughs> is what we're all about. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated with that. Um, another bit of signing news coming out uh, via Twitter today. It's not been confirmed yet by Edinburgh, but um, South African 10, who plays the Lions, called Jaco van der Volt, has supposedly signed a three-year deal at Edinburgh at some point. What do you know about Jaco? Old Jaco. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of my um, one of my favorite players, actually. Oh yeah, what's what's his style? What's what's he bringing to the game? Lucid. Lucid style. <laughs> okay. Um, I was actually looking. I think he was on the bench for one of the games for the line. He didn't play the final, um, but so he was on the bench for Super Rugby. Obviously, he's behind sort of Yankees. I mean, he'll probably be okay. It's hard to tell, isn't it? When does? But he won't be eligible for Scotland in three years be- because of the new rules. Because of the new rules, is yeah. that right? Yeah, five um, years. Unless he's got a Scottish granny. Haven't heard anything. Haven't heard anything yet. Haven't heard any Van, van der Voltz knocking around Kakadi. <laughs> um, I guess, so at the moment, we've got Duncan Ware and we've got Tovey. Hmm. And for some reason, they obviously feel the need to bring in a third sort of sta- standalone 10, seeing as sort of Burley and Hidalgo Klein can also sort of cover that 10 position. I mean, I think it makes. I don't mind Edinburgh getting a backup ten. Like it seems as long as he's decent, and um, I think that Tovey is going to be Scots qualified soon. Yeah. You never know; he might get a call up. Um, we might get. You might have a situation where both of them are actually in the squad. So, having someone there that can play week in, week out is, is maybe a good thing. But, say, I have no idea what he's like. He will almost certainly be average. So. 
probably, but we'll see. Yeah. If it even happens. But um, yeah, that's some news. And then um, a few new arrivals at Glasgow this week or in the past two weeks. Hugh Jones and the Nuke. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to pronounce the name, but Halle Nuka Nuka. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Hugh Jones, man of the match performance, Curry Cup. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously hitting some form. I saw he'd caught with his good mate Ollie Kebble um, now that he's back. Yeah, proper bromance there. I know. And I imagine Hugh Jones isn't going to play for Glasgow well until... December now probably he'll probably come straight into after the AIs yeah yeah coming for the Champions Cup yeah. um, but no great to see Hugh Jones um, coming across I think I for one if I'm honest kind of Autumn Internationals last year was when he had his debut and he scored that try against um, Australia so, yeah. yeah I thought he two mi- tries against Australia yeah I thought he might be a flash in the pan if I'm honest yeah I kind of know what you mean he sort of had a little bit of a breakout year in the Super Rugby, sort of scored a couple of like quite good sort of YouTube S tries. And I just didn't know if there was much sort of behind that. And I think he's probably, well, he has proved me wrong. And um, he, he's looking absolutely standout. And I think, obviously, I haven't been able, I don't watch Curry Cup Rugby, but <laughs> um, in the highlights I've been showing, he just looks so good. He's, yeah, he's so been scoring good. every game. Yeah, he hits the line so well. Yeah. Um, so great to have him across and the nuke god he's big do you see him speaking when he got unveiled no I didn't actually he's either sort of really jet lagged or he's quite simple <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he really knew where he was <laughs> well the thing is what well, like he's obviously he's probably never been to sort of like the UK before and he's yeah. coming across it must be like a complete shock oh, yeah. system yeah. to get into Glasgow airport and to be like looking around at the Celtic shop. I mean, the weather will obviously probably be <laughs> terrible as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think looking at kind of the prop situation in Scotland and how much game time people like people like Batty and Ferguson yeah. are doing, yeah. it's just any additional prop cover in any yeah. of the pro teams is so so needed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how those guys get on, but good to have them in as well. Um, been using the club front, so. Um, Caledonia played the South of Scotland last night at Bridge Hall. Yeah. Um, South came away with the win, 40 points, 24. Just watching some of the highlights, and it looked like an absolutely amazing occasion. Like, um, you know, TV cameras, they seem to fill out most of the stadium, and a really good brand of, of rugby. Yeah, and the South are undefeated this millennium. Is that right? Four, four out of four. Four out of four. <laughs> <laughs> Since stat- 2009. So stats can fool you. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so no, I I think that some the district cha- district championship or something to that effect is something they've got to sort of restart. Mm, yeah. I think, um, I think if you can get that sort of South Edinburgh Glasgow Caledonia rivalry together, I remember yeah. it sort of sc- school rugby time back in the glory days, like that was something that actually like meant quite a lot. Yeah, to, I know what you people, mean, especially at that age group level. Yeah, and um, it'd be good if they could sort of carry that on into sort of um, mm. adult amateur rugby. I think particularly the South just has this amazing identity that it's probably quite hard to recreate in other places. But um, fair play to them getting that result because they didn't have any of their Melrose players either. It was Hoyk and then sort of the rest. So just Melrose just whipping boys left, right and centre. 10 out of 10, 50 points. Yeah, absolutely. Pour some out for Melrose. Killed the Sony bums on Friday. Love to see it. I know, that's fair. It was great um, to see. But yeah, uh, that's, that's the news. So let's get into the meat and drink of it. Autumn Internationals, Samoa. 
What have you got? What have I got? Um, I think when we initially chatted about this, maybe sort of three or four weeks ago, we saw this game as an opportunity for Scotland to kind of keep the core of their team, but almost kind of probably try out a few people in sort of certain positions, whether this might be like a Jamie Ritchie or Magnus Bradbury. Yeah. Um, or something to that sort of effect, or even like a Brian McGuigan. Now, what you see with the sort of level of injuries that the Scotland team has had, it's sort of, and the amount of sort of new combinations at the centres, back three, across the pack, I think we just got to put out what we think our full-strength team is. No fucking around. And just try and get some momentum going into those Australian-New Zealand games. Yeah. Um, where, where do you think the sort of the main selection dilemmas are? I think a lot of people are chatting about the front row. But you've been sort of thinking about centres as well? Yeah, well, originally, I sort of assumed that it would be either Horn and Jones or Dunbar and Jones if Dunbar was able to get back from injury in time. But looking at the players who weren't released back to their clubs this weekend, and obviously Newcastle would have been in the Anglo-Welsh Cup, so Chris Harris probably wouldn't have played anyway. Yeah. But the fact that the only two centres that were kept with the Scotland team were Chris Chris Harris and Hugh Jones leads you to believe that there's a distinct possibility that actually they might be the starting centres, which yep. you think back, so 15 months ago, I didn't actually realise any either of them could have played for Scotland. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's quite bizarre. Um, so no, it'd be interesting. I think if Alex and Barr probably had a bit more game time, he would have been in the hot seat, but mm. it looks like, you know, Chris Harris has, has been playing well for Newcastle and, you know, Hugh Jones on fire. Maybe that's something they're sort of looking to do because I don't think you can start Horn against New Zealand anyway. He struggled before with that physicality. Yeah. I, I think Chris Harris in this kind of game makes sense. Like, you try out a new combination. It's not sort of like the, the most daunting of matches to make your debut in. Yes. Um, I mean, he, I don't think he's really been playing 12 much. He's been playing 13 and he, on the wing. He's, he's, he's li- you're, you're right. He has literally only played 13 and played the wing previously. So whether he's sort of much of a creator or distributor I, d- I don't know yeah and I don't think a lot of people will know because you know he's not been in the radar for a long time I think if he was people would have been watching Newcastle matches with a bit more interest no absolutely um, yeah it'd be interesting to see how someone like him and Hugh Jones could combine seeing as they both can play winger as well which for both centres is a relative sort of strange situation yeah. to be in yeah both pretty rapid though yeah exactly it's quite exciting definitely a quick quick um, backline if you've got likes of sort of Hog as well. Who who do you think? I mean, I think Tommy Seymour is pretty much nailed on as a winger. Do you think McGuigan's got a got a shot to start? I think they will. I would like to see McGuigan play, but I think they'll go for Lee Jones. Just sort of solidity, continuity. Just with the amount of changes that you've you've got going in that, especially in the centres and sort of the rest of the team, having that Seymour Hog Jones, that sort of like tried and tested Glasgow back three. Yeah, you know Jones is gonna put in a shift no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not someone like Visser who could like go missing for a full, yeah. a full yeah. eighty. Um, I think just for sort of the the make of the team, that's probably the best way to go. Have McGuigan on the bench who mm. can cover, yeah, sort of all three of those positions. And and moving from sort of the backs to the to the pack, what do you think about the front row? Are we absolutely screwed? Not against Samoa. Well, yeah, I know, but in general. Um, and who, who do you think is likely to start? So I think, start a hooker. So Ross Ford's now out. Yep, that's right. 
So Brown's out as well. Brown's He's out. been out for a while. Brown's out as well. So we've got McAnally, Turner, and Neil Cochran just being called up from the, yep. the Edinburgh team. Yeah. Who is going to play for Edinburgh? Uh, who could do it? I mean, they must just release back Neil Cochran. Yeah, I imagine so. But then I don't know who's behind that. I, have, I mean, it was um, it wasn't the Hawks hooker. Oh, Fenton. Fenton. No, he played against Ospreys. He was good actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's yeah. actually pretty he's good. good. Um, but do you, do you think that who do you think is going to start in that hooker position then? So I think you start McAnally, and you bring Turner off the bench with thirty minutes to go. Okay. I think they're both. As good as each, pretty much as good as each other in the loose. Turner's probably a little bit... I'd say bit, Turner's a bit more dynamic. A little, little bit more dynamic. But I think, you know, said it multiple occasions, you know, especially with Jamie Batty um, coming in at loose head. I can never remember. T- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> loose head, loose head. Um, I just think you've got to have as big... A hooker as you can, mm. and to be fair, to be fair to McAnally, I think he bring he brings that sort of additional size. Yeah. That in the sort of the, especially in that in the close quarters, he probably adds a bit more than what Turner can, mm. and I think actually that's what we're probably going to need in need it in these games. I, I hope that two of the guys who chimed in on Instagram and said that we were the George Turner fan club have heard yeah. that because you know that's a good a bit of balance there. <laughs> if that was true. We'd be we'd be having George starting. So tr- all right, guys, just take that on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you think that even though Batty played against, did he play against Leinster? Uh, no, he played against the Kings. Played against Kings. Do you think yeah, that was I just mean, a bit of game time? There is and he, no, he's going to start. There's literally well, you're not going to start Daryl Marfil. They might do. They're not going to start <laughs> Daryl Marfil. He is so budget. I thought there was chat of him starting though. Are you joking? He's going to be reserve prop. He literally like didn't start London Welsh, right? <laughs> he can't start for Scotland. I, I, I it's I, where we are. I just I just don't think. I know I said we shouldn't be looking for like long, t- this isn't about sort of like picking and choosing players and sort of testing people out. But at the end of the day, you know, if Marfil's the answer, I just don't know what the question is. Yeah, I think that's and fair. At the end of the day, I think Jamie Batty sort of proved that he can sort of s- step up. I know he's had a couple of issues when it comes to sort of scrum time, but he's proved that he can step up at, um, when it comes to Pro 14. He's, pr- he's stepped up in the Champions Cup and played really, really yeah. well. And I think, especially against Moore, you've got to just see see mm. how he performs. I think you've got, as we were saying, Roy Sutherland's been added, added into the squad as well. So yeah. there's at least someone you can maybe, I don't know, he hasn't really played in a long, long time. You can maybe put on the bench and think yeah. like. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You'll be okay. 
Um, but you've been doing a bit of research into the Samoan team. What do what you find out about those lads? So a while back, I had a wee look at... Because I think historically of the Pacific Island team, Samoa's probably always been considered the strongest. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was having a look recently, and like Fiji are actually like pretty sweet. Mm. Tonga have got like a few players, and Samoa are like relatively dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely, absolutely, like so budget. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to a lot of their players. I know, obviously... The last game I can remember is when they played New Zealand and they lost by like 70. I think they might have been lost to Wales as well. Yeah. And they did um, did their tour. Yeah. But I thought I would do sort of a quick look at the back line. You, making the assumption that Samoan backs are probably better than Samoan forwards. forwards yeah. Apart from maybe like the back row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like so budget. So you got Pete, um, Pe- Pete Cowley, maybe Pelly Cowley, I've got that wrong, um, has never played... Like super rugby, he plays mitre ten rugby for okay. Waikato. So he played five games this year. <laughs> right, okay. You got Nanai Williams, who is like a quality. Yeah, player, yeah, yeah. But he's not a ten. He's not gonna be kicking much, is he? He is literally ca- can't kick. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna be taking the penalties. <sighs> um, who else? And then they've got David Lemmy. Who the hell even knew he was still going? <laughs> I can't believe that. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought he was gonna be like thirty-eight. He's only 35. That's still too old, though, as a For winger. For a winger, specifically, to be <laughs> Fair 35. Fair play to him still going, but... And he's in the championship with Bristol. Yeah, yeah. Right. you got some, that guy, Lelo, Raymond Lelo, that plays for the Cardiff Blues at 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh. like, so average. Yeah. They're 13. Fonotuya. Oh, Kieran Fonotuya from he Ospreys. doesn't even start or get in the Ospreys <laughs> team. And the Ospreys are terrible. <laughs> like, he literally can't get in that team. <laughs> And yeah. those players are absolutely dog shit. Any any good players? They got Tuala, who's from Northampton. Yeah. yeah, who generally is pretty up. He's pretty he's sweet. pretty good. Um, I know he's been playing quite a bit this season, and actually, mm. he's been popping up, scoring quite a lot of good tries for the Saints. But when you look you look at that backline, you sort of I even remember sort of three four years ago when you had sort of Nana Williams, you had like the PC brothers, you had like two laggies. Yeah, you had like a backline that. I mean, when you look back when we played them in South Africa that time, they generally had a back line where you sort of knew most of the names. They played for, like, top premiership or super rugby teams. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, none of those players would get in the Scotland team, maybe apart from Nanai Williams. Yeah, they'd struggle. Yeah. And the Samoan Rugby Union is now bankrupt, yeah. apparently. Done. God. Well, hopefully you're not tempting fate there. Um, but can you see anything apart from a Scotland win? Oh, no, I could easily see Scotland lose. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> like, we can say what we want. Yeah, I mean, Sc- Scotland could easily lose this. Uh, they won't lose it at home. If it was at Petaudry or something, that there'd be a chance. Yeah. Um, anything less than a 25-point win, I think, would should be considered a bit of a failure. Okay. If it's a close match, a complete failure. Anything yeah. less than twenty twenty five, I think you're considering that a yeah. wild failure, and you maybe just shrug it off and say it's the first game. It's yeah, the yeah, new match. players. Yeah, I I think they'll win by fifteen twenty, and it'll be a kind of average performance. Yeah, fair result. It's I really really hope because I think if if Price and Russell take this game by the scruff of the neck, and they just play the phases. Yeah. That Samoan team is there to be absolutely ripped apart. 
It's interesting that Townsend has said that he wants to play the fastest brand of rugby in the world. If I was playing Samoa, I would not go anywhere near that. I would like, you know, I'd kick the corners, I'd play set piece, try and wear them down. So I, I wonder if they will they try and play that. I could see them playing straight into Samoa's hands and having trouble. Yeah, 100%. And maybe, well, maybe you say that, you know, this is a long-term plan and we shouldn't be changing it for Samoa. But no, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, there's, think, part, there's part of me that would like them to like them to score four mole tries and then yeah, throw, then yeah, throw it about. Yeah, exactly. You earn the right to throw <laughs> the ball around. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see. But that that is this weekend on Saturday. Yes, Saturday at three. I think so. Three or five. Three or five. Three or pick. Um, and hopefully we see a Scotland win. Um, Doing a little quiz before we talk about the one on one quiz? I mean, I got a really terrible quiz for you if you want to do. Yeah, okay. What ex Scotland rugby player was one of ICAS's top accountants under 35? Graham Morrison. Graham Morrison. <laughs> I read that last week. <laughs> <laughs> Which player would you like to have a night out with? Craig Smith, Alan Jacobson, John Hardy, or Magnus Bradbury? <laughs> From what I know, I, I don't think I could handle a night out with. Craig Smith or Chunk. <laughs> I've met John Hardy before. Seemed all right. All right, mate. Jesus. Yeah. You're hitting a night out with John Hardy. Just a few some beers. <laughs> <laughs> the right answer was Craig Smith. <laughs> Santa. So one, one from two. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, right. On that quite odd quiz note. Uh, um, one time can we chat about the Craig Smith Schumel Clubhouse story? But uh, One day. One day. <laughs> I might get a cease and desist from his lawyers. Um, so let's talk about, as I said at the start, four wins from four in the last two weeks for Edinburgh and Glasgow. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about that? It's good. It is good. Pretty happy. Do we just slightly ignore the first round? The, ki- the Kings game was a bit mad. I think you ignore the Kings game because it was barely a match of rugby in the end. And Glasgow actually didn't play very well. No. I mean, I think... If we look at these four games, the most impressive performance was Edinburgh. Against Ospreys? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think best all-round performance. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, I know Ospreys aren't playing particularly well, but they, you know, they're, not a bad, they're not a bad side. Yeah, it's the, I mean, they still had... I looked at the team and thought, this could be close. They still had like you know Sam Davies, they still had Dan Evans at fullback, and like a reasonable pack. Yeah. Um, but I thought Edinburgh played really, really well. I thought yeah. they controlled it and probably could have put more points in them in the end. I thought they were vastly superior. And just, it was great to see um, kind of the mix of the runners, just like sort of Luke Crosby, Conor Dupree, I thought played really well. Bradbury, when he came on, um, just carrying so well over the game line, really direct. And then in the backs, Jimmy Johnson. He's the Wee main man. Jimmy. He's unbelievable. He, he makes them, he's like genuinely like, a bit of the missing spark that they haven't had. He cuts great lines. You know, he's got great awareness, good passing him, good offload. Him and Kinghorn shaping up nicely together. Him and Kinghorn just hit the line so hard. Yeah. Which is actually, I think, something that Edinburgh have missed for quite a long mm. time. And, um, no, I think you're right. I think in the the back row, which the two things that are really pleasing to see is I think Conor Dupree is improving and has actually started to, Cons- is consistently playing really well for Edinburgh at the moment, which yeah. is what we've been wanting to see for quite a while. Yeah, and um, 
Luke Crosby, someone that wasn't really on my radar at the start of the year, but it's well, sort of, he's still a stage three academy player. Yeah, but he's young. But he's a big old boy. Oh, yeah, and he's sort of come into the team and just hasn't really broken a sweat. You know, I think what he started against London Irish was his first game. Yeah, and then played against Krasnyar. Yeah, just played, and then a, and then he played against Treviso as well. I know. I, know. I, just, I just like his style. He just sort of like gets the ball and he's like, I'm going through you. I'm running as hard as I possibly can. I don't know there's much finesse to his game, but it's effective. No, 100%. I think, and we've kind of talked about this, is actually that's something that the club teams and especially Scotland need. Mm. Yeah, now, now we obviously don't have Strauss in either yeah. of them. A kind of big ball carrier who can kind of hit the line and make yards and isn't scared of that physical physical confrontation yeah it's good to see that there is people like him because i think matt ferguson kind of fits the sort of similar mm. mold of that like yeah. he loves like the physical confrontation um it's good to see that we've got people like that kind of coming yeah. through the system yeah i think the other thing with edinburgh is when you look at their team on paper it's not too different to you know before the autumn internationals and you get players taken away obviously you're missing a few key guys like hamish watson but then you can sort of like chuck in a Jamie Ritchie or Cornell Dupree or Bradbury or even a Crosby. And you you don't lose like that much, particularly yeah. when you're playing against teams in the Pro 14 who are maybe devoid of their internationals. So I, I really think Edinburgh, I'm sure they are, target this sort of period to pick up some, some wins. No, de- I, absolutely. I mean, do you think Tovey's now he's just starting Edinburgh 10? I know Duncan Ware sort of was like owning that shirt at the start yeah, of the season. Yeah, I think Ware's injured, but... I, know. I think, yeah, I think that Toby's played well. And I think that if Edinburgh want to sort of progress with their game plan, that Toby is the one to take the forward because I think he can take it flat to the line. You saw that from the try he scored. Yeah. I, just, I think he's just a more effective playmaker. Um, he makes defences sort of like think twice of what he's going to do, whereas Weir's a bit more predictable. Yeah. Um, I just think he needs a bit of consistency in his game because it seems like he can play really well one week and then sort of drift off a bit the next. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And it'd be good to see if he can sort of... I feel like he's taken this this sort of wear injury as a way to sort of kind of take control of that shirt. It'd be yeah. good to see if he can sort of keep that form going over the next sort of months. Yeah. Um, Glasgow, uh, yeah, King's game, complete shit show. It was a shit show, but then at the same time, it was like a really young team. You know, yes. It's good to see George Horn getting some game time finally this season. He took that into the Leinster game. Uh, yeah. Good to see Hastings play. Um, yeah, Hastings is like almost maybe slightly roger than Russell. Yeah, <laughs> quite like, like it. He's not like a calving like, oh, well, if the game goes a bit rogue, then we can bring Hastings on for Russell. I think in that first half, I was getting quite frustrated because they're running everything and dropping the ball quite a lot. Yeah. I think Hastings kicked it once and it wasn't like a clearing kick. It was like an attacking grubber. And I don't think anyone else kicked the ball in the whole first half. Jesus Christ. It was some, It was quite amazing. Obviously, it was part of the tactics. And I suppose when you're playing at that pace with that ambition, you will make mistakes. Yeah. And it was a young team. But yeah, the first sort of 50 minutes were quite painful. And But they were always going to win. Yes. No, they, they absolutely were. And I think um, we chat about sort of the young people coming through. It was great to see, you said, George Horn, but also Matt Ferguson. Yep. Getting sort of two games under his belt, not only playing the Kings, but playing Leinster. Yeah. I actually think against Leinster, he was... I mean, I think the back sort of dominated the majority of that mm. game, but against the Kings, he sort of stood out as like a really, really sort of top yeah. player. I thought Matt Smith had quite a good game in that. Yeah. Kings game as well. We're chatting about Matt Wilder's try? Well, yeah. Let's let's move on to that Leinster victory. That try. Matt Wilder in general. I think it was the best 25 minutes of rugby I've, <laughs> I've seen this year. 
just thrown out. So it was 14-14 after like 15 minutes? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 14-14 <laughs> after 15 minutes. I think it was 28-14 after 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of died down a bit. Yeah. I actually missed most of the second half because I had to go on a date with my girlfriend, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I thought you had a girlfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that Matawalu, when he wa- I think Matawalu belongs on the wing now. Like, you can't play nine. Yeah, absolutely. He's too loose. Yeah. No, I, I can and he can't play fullback because there's too much responsibility. He does not He does still get in at nine, though. He sort of forgets quite a lot during well, games. He set up George Horn's try when he sort of like just ran in and picked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were, I think Rennie said that he was like scared of Matawalu or there was something like that. He said, I, I don't think there was like as naturally... A, a, as talented a player at just seeing an opportunity yeah. Or, see, yeah or it's just he's bloody mental and there's no way you can trust him <laughs> yeah in, exactly. in a high yeah a highly important game to be fair when he when he did that run i'm sure everyone's seen it but you know from his own line running past like five lengths of defenders he could have kept going himself which he could have scored it but that would have been riskier but he did the sensible thing and pass it to Greg. I think maybe he's learning him throwing the pass. <laughs> I think he was almost he was a one hundred percent going to score, and then he decided for some reason to pass the ball <laughs> to Nick Greg, making it an even riskier option. Maybe, maybe. Um, I also thought the try that I think he didn't set it up, but it eventually led to it where he made the break, and he sort of got scragged, and then he placed the ball on the deck, and then he oh, got yeah. up again. <laughs> it was that. I actually think that was almost better. Yeah, no, I do. It was love so that. good. Um. It's weird that he he didn't manage to make anything in Bath and Exeter. It's yeah, I kind of get. It's he seems to sort of just be Glasgow is his place place because I actually thought maybe we'd seen the best of Matawali when he was at Glasgow originally. Yeah, and actually he'd gone to Bath. He'd done a little bit. Gone to Exeter. Obviously, did literally nothing, and now he's sort of come back. And I kind of felt maybe we were. Just, it was almost like a pity signing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, it's like we're only signing him because he was great back in the day. Yeah, and he's a bit of a cult figure. He's so good. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if just you know at Bath they'd signed him as a nine. Yes. And they hadn't done their homework. Yeah. And then sort of went to Exeter. And yeah, I suppose neither of those teams' styles really fit. Like they don't exactly chuck the ball around that much. Yes. And probably if you are a winger in, say, an extra team, like your kicking game and your skills under the high ball need to be, you know, right up at the top. Yeah, I know. Um, but just having him back at Glasgow, as you said, I, I kind of agree. I was a bit like, oh, he might just be a bit of a headless chicken and not actually care that much. But he's just been like, gets the crowd on their feet whenever he touches the ball. And yeah. He's actually been playing really, really well. Um so yeah, great result and great, great to see. Because then the other winger was obviously Masaga, and you I, could just did see too much. Well, you could see he was getting like super frustrated because <laughs> he was like really wanting to get involved. Yeah, and then there was literally like one moment in the game where he got the ball in open space and he fucking literally was so rapid and they called it back for a forward pass. Oh really? Um, and then they said in the in the commentary that he was the quickest man in New Zealand professional rugby over 40 metres. What, Obviously, ever? Ever. Ever? Yeah. What? He, really? I, he, I mean, he is pretty rapid. Yeah, 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 but that's some stat. I mean, that's a pretty sweet stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, he is he is carrying a bit of timber now, though. I don't think he's going to be putting those stats up like he used to. Yeah. Speaking of timber, did you see that interview with Stuart Hogg this week? So no. He's, he's lost nine kilograms because he stopped drinking Guinness. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> hey, he said he was in Usher at Duncan Weir's wedding, and he yeah. put he put on his um like kilt jacket, and he was like, bloody hell, this doesn't fit. And he was like, I'm going in for my shoulder up. Like I've got the ch- I've got the opportunity. I could really balloon here. And he was like, I'm going to cut out the black stuff. <laughs> so wait a minute. Are you telling me that he he put on nine kilos? <laughs> I don't know. Post injury? No, no, no. He put on nine kilos. I don't, I don't know when he put it on, but he said in the last few years he thought he'd been a bit too big. Jesus Christ! How he g- does look a bit leaner. I mean, like, was and homeless. Can't believe he does look a bit homeless, doesn't he? <laughs> and a lot older. <laughs> Yeah. What's happened? Two, this two kids, stressful. Yeah, what's happened down in Selkirk? Hoik. Hoik. I don't know. We don't want to know. Well, there you go. I mean, if he's that good, like carrying a bit of weight, how good is he going to be now he's shifted it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, great to. Great so there's to see. a great, great diet tip from Hoggy. Yeah. Talking of Hoik, see, Venisa was playing for Mar against Hoik. Uh, Hawks. Oh fuck yeah, Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. We talked about this previously. Um, can you imagine that you're like just like an 18 year old youngster on the bench for Hawks, and like he's playing? What if you're Ross Thompson, that guy who is playing his first season of men's rugby, and he's playing 10, and Vanessa picks off the base <laughs> and runs at you? You might die. You yeah. literally might die. That I mean, what if his knee hit you in the head? You die. You, we have discussed this before, <laughs> but it's true. Like, there is no chance that Ross Thompson is tackling him. No. Um, Do you think those guys like who can like dominate physically go into those sort of games and sort of play at like eighty percent? They'll do like the running and sort of get their lungs back, but they're not going to like crash through. Oh, maybe they would. Well, you say that, but at the end of the day, for someone like Mar. Who's staying? They're in a dogfight. Yeah, you know. To be it's honest, like, mate, you've you, got to play. Like, run at that ten all day. That yeah. is how we're going to make yards today. Yeah. Um, but no, I I agree. When you look at sort of some of the players, like yeah, Big Brian, or when Strauss was playing for what was it, Count, uh, Grammar County or gr- yeah, Grammar, yeah. Grammar back in the day. Just some of the, especially the younger boys who are maybe like stage one, stage two, stage three academy products. Just what if like, you're not an academy player? Or if you're not an academy player? <laughs> you're like a joiner. You're just like, what? <laughs> um, um, speaking of the Maya match, I watched the highlights. And one to watch out for, Gary Healy's talked about it before, Kaleem Barreto at Scrum Half. He is class. Really? I think he's going to... He'll, he'll get a pro contract eventually. He looks a really good player. It's interesting. Like, There's a few like young guys floating around the Prem Rugby. And you just never know sort of like which. Like George Turner was literally playing Prem Rugby until he was like 22, yeah. 23. Yeah. Like that. And he's obviously just made this sort of stem up. Same with Jamie Batty. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see like what players around those in those Premiership teams can actually have the potential to go, but just need the opportunity. Yeah, I know. Because um, it obviously is like such a massive step up. Yeah. But you never know until you play these guys. But we'll see. Cool. Um, is that everything from us? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's about 40 minutes sharp. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, once again, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Uh, let us know what you think via iTunes, via review. And we will see you next week, hopefully, with the turkey necklace David in tow. Thanks, guys. See you soon. See ya. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.